My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. Times we have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Hey, welcome back to Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. Um, today is going to be a couple of bombshells, actually big bombshells, related to election fraud. So hit the share button. Um, I'm a little stoic about this particular um, day because, uh, you know, this morning I was having a conversation with my wife, and I said, listen, the, the big part of what we're dealing with right now is that there is so much evidence but they're not listening. So we, we talked a little bit about this a couple of days ago that we were going to put together a three-hour show, and we were going to—I was going to call on all the experts to bring me all the data for those particular areas, and we would just do a three-hour show where we would show you all of the evidence across the country um, in detail. From and we'll just have people on. I mean, we could probably do it all day, and and in large part, that's what this summit is about. So we have the Moment of Truth Summit. Um, it's the summit that uh, Mike Lindell is putting on in Missouri. Um, we will be there. There'll be a lot of people that will be there. We'll be going live there for the entire time. Um, if you got one of the text messages or emails from us, um, you know, I did send it out to, I think we sent it out to about 8.9 million people uh, on the text side, and we sent it out to uh, nearly 14 million on the uh, email side. So we just want as many people as possible to go to Frank's Beach. Um, if, it, if, it, if you can't get it on Frank's Beach, you'll be able to get it on a Bannon show. If you can't get it on Bannon, you'll get it right, right side broadcast. You can get it there. You can get it on Conservative Daily. It will be broadcast everywhere, all 12 hours, both days, the 20th and the 21st. So a lot of things to go over there. Our guest today, um, by the way, is one of the first pioneers in, um, in what we've been dealing with with this election fraud dating back to 2020. Uh, Jeff Lindbergh is uh, a nation-state vulnerability expert. He holds a bachelor's and master's degree in electrical, electrical engineering. He's a security and vulnerability expert. He had a 31-year career um, at Sandia National Labs, 17 years in vulnerability assessments of high-value U.S. systems, nuclear weapons facilities around the world. He was tasked by the federal government finding vulnerabilities and determining how they can be fixed patched or blocked before bad actors could cause harm to those assets. Uh, he's one of the most knowledgeable equipment uh, experts in the country when it relates to election equipment, has significant experience with election fraud dating back uh, decades and, um, excuse me, a decade. And uh, part of involved in-depth investigations in, of election equipment in Antrim County, Maricopa County, Otero County, 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring him in now. He's got some stuff that he wants to go over related to Michigan. And uh, we're going to play up front after we introduce you to him. Um, we're going to play a six-minute clip of what he did in Otero County. Excuse me. I think it was Michigan, right, Mr. Producer? Michigan. Uh, several counties. Yeah. Um, so we'll play that in a minute as well. Uh, but let's uh, welcome Jeff to the show. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, I, I had a chance to meet you way back in 2020. I think you came to my home. You also met with Draza, and you walked through a bunch of, of information related to the election fraud, and you were way ahead of your time. In other words, you had information that now others are starting to discover in different counties around the country, but you were the one that came out initially with the Antrim County report and said, hey, here's what's happening in Michigan. Yeah, actually, there. Uh, if you go to depernalaw.com, the expert witness reports in that case, in the Antrim case, uh, are on the website. There's 20 expert reports. They all have an executive summary. I'm the author of about 10 of them, um, 10 or 11 of them, but it also has other experts in there as well that you recognize their names. So uh, you can go get the expert reports. And yeah, we started that. We started putting those out in early 2021. We spent a lot of time in Michigan. All right. So tell the audience a little bit about, you know, just give us an overview on what you found. Um, you know, I'm, I'm past the point of angry because they keep saying that they're, you know, election deniers, conspiracy theorists. Um, Jeff, is it a conspiracy that the election machines are designed to defraud the American people's voice? Well, I, look, um, I, it's not sure until we prove it. All I can say is there's incredible evidence pointing in the direction that our election system is essentially Swiss cheese. So my expert opinion is that the election system we have in the United States today is just shot through every stage of it with vulnerabilities that a bad actor uh, can utilize to take over our election system on a mass scale. Doesn't take a ton of people to do it. I keep trying to tell people this. We're talking about two or three people nationwide could control the elections for the entire United States. Okay, that's my opinion. And I wrote that up in some of my expert reports in Antrim. So, so, um, so, so Jeff, um, Clay Perique in, uh, spoke and was a tester for a company that was hired by Dominion because Dominion had to hire a company. And he testified that they stopped him from getting access to the root files, to the, to the source code, um, and that that's where they stopped. And they said, you're not allowed to do vulnerability testing on this part of the system. Um, do you think that they've kept us away from that source code because it's written into the code and that these are, are triggers in the code itself? Um, what, what do you think yeah. that, yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the huge red flags, right? Because if you wanted to get to the bottom of stuff, if there's no problem there, they would give us the source code. Right. They just hand it over, say, hey, have a, look, have at it. I mean, all the states, uh, you know, uh, have it in escrow. So any state could turn that, that code over for the machines, but they haven't done that. You know, um, what I'm going to talk about in Michigan is stuff that I've, my team, small team figured out from, you know, looking at election files, uh, encrypted election files. We could not get things to misbehave the way I was trying to in my testing because I had no access to source code at all. So, you know, had I ac had access to source code and, and, you know, had I been at Sandia with a team of 50 people, we would have uh, been able to trace things down within, you know, a matter of a few months and, and get to the bottom of whether there's anything there or not. 
but we haven't had access. So we've been blocked access. And in fact, that's one of my main points in, in the Otero uh, County testimony that I gave on August 11th. Um, and I, I wanna tell people, if you wanna get the context to this discussion today, please go watch that one hour and 20 minute. Uh, yeah, it's that one. You, uh, my testimony starts about uh, 20 minutes in, goes for about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, Aaron Clements does a great job after that. And then Cynthia, uh, uh, Butler, I think it is, does the, the last part of the testimony. So but if you go Jeff, there, you, Jeff, you need to get the context. Jeff, are you okay with us re-syndicating that live across our channel? Mr. Producer, I think uh, we actually, should I spoke with them yeah. about that last night. So I'm, for everyone who's listening, uh, whether you're live or not, I'm posting this in every chat, in every comment, and we will be live streaming that again so that it is on conservative-daily. Uh, we'll have a special watch party for it. And we'll also be sharing the six-minute video because it's super, super important that you understand what's in there. So, so let's, Jeff, give us some context on. Thanks, thank you, Greg. Um, and I'm, by the way, I'm not going to call for you guys watching. I'm not going to call uh, uh, Apollo. I call him Greg Apollo. I go back and forth, uh, Mr. Producer, when he's on the show because, because frankly, uh, he's not actually the producer. He's a director, um, but he's playing the producer. He's wearing that hat. So, uh, because you guys all recognize who he is. But with that said. Jeff, give us some concept, con context of what's in the six-minute video because we're going to play it right now. I want to play that right up front. Um, okay. and then, but tell us what we're going to see, and then we have so much more to get in with you, so I'm going to try and move okay. as quickly as possible to get all this done. Okay, so let me put it in, in context here. So uh, the testimony I gave actually was trying to summarize in Otero a year's worth. I literally dedicated a year. I dropped my, my contracts. I, I, God led me to do this for a year, okay? So I was condensing that down into one hour, basically one hour and 20 minutes. So uh, that's the context of it. And I went to all the states. I talked about what, you know, just highlights in different states. In Michigan, the reason I'm going to that one has to do with the fact that we're up against the deadline. So most of your listeners probably know that after 22 months, all of the authorities are allowed by law to destroy all of the evidence, all the ballots, everything gets destroyed after 22 months. And most counties do that. They shred it all. So we have a few weeks left, not many, before we hit that deadline. And after we hit that deadline, there will be no chance at all to count the ballots, uh, to go look at any ballots again, because they'll all be destroyed. Okay. Now, early on, and, and this is actually in that video that, um, that we put out, Joe, uh, that Andrew put out the documentary that you and I are both in. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Standing in the Gap video. The gap. They yeah. have all they have all the Democrats saying, "Hey, we have to have the paper ballots because if there's ever any question, we'll just go look at the paper ballots." Okay, but then they've made it impossible to look at the paper ballots. Right. Okay. Instead, instead, what they do is machine recounts over and over and over, and then the few places, one or two, where they actually did a paper ballot count, it was all screwed up. And I can show that, okay, that, that it was messed up in those few cases that they did it. So, hey, we have a chance here to count one specific race, and that's what I tell about and why I'm pointing at that race has to do with my time in Antrim. It's not in any of my expert reports. It's something I held out because I was trying to get to where I could absolutely prove it. And I can't prove it, but there's strong indications that there was something very wrong in a specific race in Michigan, having to, having to do with the Supreme Court uh, uh, justice. Okay, so you said you can or you can't prove it. 
I cannot prove it because the only proof I would have is if I had the source code and I could trace it through to see what it actually did with it, okay? So what I'm going to do is uh, watch the clip. It'll explain it, and then we can talk about it. But that's what it is. It's a specific race that I would like to see the people, all the townships, and the townships have their own tabulators. They have their own ballot boxes. I want a bunch of townships to count a single race in Michigan, and we can talk about why, and the video will explain it. All right, let's go ahead and play the six-minute clip. Okay, and Jeff, just so you know, uh, I will have your audio on, so I know we're, we're probably just going to play it straight through, and then we can go back, but if anything does come up, just let me know, and I can pause it. Okay. And then if I can wrap up with this, okay? Um, this is just a special request. So as you might all know, by federal law, all the records have to be kept for 22 months after the election. Well, guess what? We're almost there. September 3rd, every jurisdiction can go destroy everything. They can destroy all the paper ballots. They can destroy all the evidence from the 2020 election. So there'll be forever a question. Was there additional issues? Were there my question? There's a lot of red flags here, guys. I really would like to know if the machines have been compromised or not. I don't know, but there's a lot of red flags here. So uh, a bad actor, of course, is working really, really hard, and maybe that's why we have such massive resistance, to make sure we don't get access to those ballots, okay? Well, we've got one last opportunity in the next few weeks uh, nationwide. Um, and what I will tell you is that you can see it on the screen there, uh, something that's not been revealed anywhere else because I couldn't prove it, but in a few weeks, there'll be no chance of proving it one way or the other. And what that is, is that when I was in Michigan, um, I happened through a series of circumstances uh, to discover something in their election. And what it was, was the Michigan Justice of the Supreme Court race or contest in 2020. There were seven candidates running. You got to select two. And at this point, our team, small team, had managed to decode the election files. Now, we had decrypted them. We decoded them. Uh, we understood about 95% of these hex files. So they're not in any standard format. We just figured it out, okay? And there were memory pointers, a whole series of memory porter, uh, pointers in the different election files and so on. And we'd been studying it. And I recognized something. And out of the blue, I got pointed because of this recognition at this particular race. I hadn't looked at it all. I don't know any of these candidates. And what I discovered was that three of the candidates in this race were treated differently in the programming. Hmm. Now, someone may say, well, yeah, but it was an odd race. Seven people, you get to choose two. Um, maybe that's why they were treated differently. But there was another race on this ballot that was almost identical to this, and they weren't treated any differently. They were treated the same way as all the other races and con contestants. So the three that were treated differently were Mary Kelly, Brock Schwartzy, and Elizabeth Welch. Okay, you can see them on the ballot there they were pointing off into a different 
memory sequence or memory location. They had a different pointer. It wasn't in the correct sequence to follow all the others. Okay? And it pointed to some files where there were bytes that were extra that the others didn't have. Hmm. So then I thought, well, I need, need to find out. Who is Mary Kelly? I, I didn't know, so I, I did some checking. Turns out Mary Kelly had been previously elected a Supreme Court justice in the state. She was a Republican and had already served as Supreme Court justice. And the woman that ended up winning turned out to be Elizabeth Welch, who was a total newcomer. Okay? Happened to be Democrat. So, turns out, the result was flipped. The result flipped the court. Okay? I'm not saying the result was flipped. The result flipped the court. So because she won, now the court had three Democrats and two Republicans. Prior to that, it had three Republicans and two Democrats. Okay, had Mary Kelly won, it would still be three Republicans and two Democrats. So it had a very significant outcome. But I never could figure out how to trigger it, so I never really wrote it up. It didn't end up in an expert report. But I don't know. It looks to me like there's the possibilities, in fact, strong possibility, that there was something going on in this race. In fact, I statistically looked at the numbers and it looks possible that Mary Kelly had a bunch of her votes taken and split between Brock Schwartzy and Elizabeth Welch. Brock Schwartzy is a Republican and Welch is a Democrat. And it's possible, I'm not saying this occurred, I'm saying there's some strong pointers that say there could be a problem in Michigan in the Supreme Court race that's what I see down with the bits and the bites. And so what I would do, I, I think all of us need to know. I don't care which party you are. I, I don't really am not for any specific candidate. But I want to know, did they do third-level manipulation? Is someone doing third-level manipulation on these machines? So what I would request... It's not for you guys, uh, unless you want to go do it across the state of New Mexico and elsewhere. But in Michigan, there's a specific way that we can simply check this. And that is the townships there actually have the ballots. The counties, uh, the townships are in charge. They have their own tabulator, they have their ballots, and so on. And so what I would request is that every township in Michigan do a simple thing before they destroy the ballots, is go count the Supreme Court election by hand and see if Mary Kelly really got the vote she got, and if these other two, uh, Schwartzy and, uh, and Welch, got the votes they got. It would make me feel, and I hope and pray, that people do this in mass, not just one or two, because they'll go do that a couple places, say, see, there's nothing to see, don't anybody else count. They're gonna do that. So, uh, but anyway, I'm asking them to do that, right? So that is, uh, the end of my presentation. Thank you for patiently listening to a very long one. And I'll turn it over to David. So, so this is a case where the person that had already served mm -hmm. lost, and the person at the bottom of the ballot, which is highly su suspect, won. Uh, correct. Uh, now, the, the other thing, I'll give you a couple more data points that I didn't put in that briefing the other night, and that is um, when I looked at the statistics in Antrim County, for, for example, and, and I looked in a bunch of counties, okay, across the state, 
But in Antrim County, it, it's a Republican county. It voted uh, for the Republican candidates over the Democratic candidates, you know, 60-some percent to, to you know, 30-some or something like that, okay? So, okay, if you look at this race, and I, they're, they're all going to say, okay, but judges are nonpartisan, right? They aren't labeled as Republican and Democrat, but people know who's who, right? Right. So if you just, if you take the two top Republicans and add their votes, and you take the two top Democrats and add their votes, and the two top Democrats won the state, okay? You take the two top Republicans in, say, Antrim County and add the votes, lo and behold, the Republicans get 37% of the vote and the Democrats get 47% of the vote. And the other three candidates get the other, what is it, 14% or whatever it is, uh, 16%. So that's highly unlikely in a Republican county where the Republicans voted for Republicans something like 60-40 and, and they know that they're Republicans. Oh, they yeah. know. Yeah, of course they know who they are. So, uh, you know, it, it just smells bad. It's a huge red flag. Okay. The other thing I saw looking across a whole bunch of counties is that is is that if you take and split the votes, well, not even say it come from Mary Kelly, but if if you look at the votes for Welch and Schwartzy, okay, I think it's Schwartzy, not Schwartzel. I may have Swartzel. that wrong. Schwartzel. Okay. Uh, if if you uh, look at those across all of the counties and eliminate the big ones, eliminate Wayne and Oakland and the other big counties because all kinds of, you know, 2000 mule stuff was going on there. So forget all that, go to the smaller counties, small to medium sized counties. And lo and behold, the difference between these two candidates typically is less than 5%. Right. It's a very close. It, it's like, in some cases they had almost exactly the same vote count. Okay. So you're going, wait a second, how does this happen? How do, across a whole slew of counties, do these two candidates keep coming up with vote counts that are so similar? Okay, well, think about it for a second. If you took, and I'm not saying this happened, I'm just theorizing as a bad guy, okay, bad actor. If I took a bunch of Mary Kelly's votes, thousands, right. and I split them between the other two, and the other two maybe should have looked like the other three candidates, the other two or three that didn't get that many votes. If you do that, then lo and behold, what's going to happen is they're always going to have a similar vote because the votes they're being given are much more than the votes they actually got. Okay? So you're going to see some variation, but, it, but that variation is going to be the actual vote count versus the one that may have been substituted uh, for it, if, if you follow what I'm saying. So uh, there's, there's these strong indicators there that something went on and people will say, but Mary Kelly lost the state by, you know, 140,000 votes or something like that. And what I'm trying to tell people is, wait a second, if this was done systematically across the state, let's say it, it does exist. Let's just hypothesize it exists. And it might even exist in ESNS machines as well as Dominion machines. Who knows? I mean, our, this, our system is like Swiss cheese. Okay. A guy like me, bad actor, I would go for those two. I would subvert them both. They wouldn't even know they're subverted. The people programming stuff, doing running the elections, wouldn't even know anywhere. Okay, wouldn't know. They wouldn't have to even be in the state to do it. All right. So, if you subvert across the state and you're doing this percentage in each one of the counties, 
the number is astronomical. It's several times more than what she lost by. Okay, so yes, it could actually have uh, been done to where it affected this race. It absolutely could have. Now, it sounded like I was asking, you know, everybody to count everything. I think the Gateway Pundit article, and that's not what I'm asking for. What I'm asking for is one race to be counted. We don't need every township to count it, but we need a significant number so that we can get some real data here. You know, not just one or two, but we need a bunch of townships to go and count them all over the state. And, and especially, I like the small ones to do it because they, I, I'm not saying the county did anything wrong, county workers, election workers, anybody. If these machines are subverted, then I don't need anybody in the state to know. I don't need the candidates to know. I don't need Secretary of State to know. I don't need anybody in the state to know, and I can mess with you. And I demonstrated it on that video back in May of last, last year, how I could manipulate the vote in the machine. And I can tell you, I could do that remotely. It, if it's, it's in the election file, the election file is generated from the, the designer software. There's only one copy of that software, okay? I mean, there's one design for that software that's used all over the country. So if I subvert that, I own the election system for the United States. Okay, so that's what I'm asking is get a bunch of townships, just go count the ballots and don't wait for judges or anybody. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't say this, but it seems to me if they're your paper ballots in your township, you can do anything you want with them. Okay. So I don't know that you've got to ask permission. So, so I, want everybody to under, I want everybody to understand this. This is um, evidence. I'm going to go to this. Just I'm going to go straight to it, right? So... Um, there was a there was an article written in the Gateway Pundit on the 11th of August. It was written by Joe Hoff. The evidence shows Michigan Supreme Court race in 2020 was flipped. Election audit professionals also identified numerous red flags in New Mexico and Arizona. Mr. Producer, if you put up C3, um, Jeff, this says that the Microsoft SQL uh, software was found in Michigan, New Mexico, and Arizona. Yeah, correct. This, this yes, exactly, and and this is an example of something why I say the system is Swiss cheese, okay? All places that I've looked for it in, in Michigan, I found it, mm -hmm. uh, or we found it in Michigan, we found it in Maricopa, we found it in New Mexico. This software is sitting on it, it's not in any certification that I can find by done uh, on on the Dominion machines by none. SLI. I've been, I've been through all, I've been through all yeah. of it, it's not anywhere. Yeah. It's not there. It does not need to be there. It's not required to run the system, okay? Right. It is not required to run their system, and yet it's there. Now, it had no password. In all cases, we could just click on it and go into it. Once you're into it, you have the keys. There's a very, there, you, you've got the keys to the kingdom. There's a very simple exploit, which we used, and, and actually Halderman used in his report uh, up in Michigan, which was, you just go find the keys, you save the keys out of the database, you put your own keys into the database, and now you can log into all the Dominion software, do anything you want, because you created your own password. And when you're done, you just go back and put their keys back in. Take your keys out, put the keys back in. So this is a horrible thing, and literally all of their data, everything is in there. How you process the votes when they come in from the tabulator is in the database. It's in tables in the database. You may have seen on that video back in May when I flipped the vote, I did it also on the EMS side. 
I did it in the tabulator, but then I showed that I could do it on the EMS. I ran one SQL statement, one SQL statement to adjust the entire setup of a table. And in there, I was flipping votes for right. every ballot coming out of Antrim. Jeff, I need to ask you this question. I know the answer to this question. And everyone, I want you to pay attention to this question specifically. Jeff, could you have something that was triggered in the source code that would allow for this database to either be created, we know it was created in Mesa, be created, used, flipped, changed, altered? Could that be triggered based on an event, a percentage, something that once it got to a certain degree, I mean, this is like PID function, right? That it would automatically start replacing votes, switching votes, doing things within the machine. Is that possible that that could be created in the, in the source code that could do all the things that you were able to do by clicking on those different things inside the system that were not a part of the certification process? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and, and it's even simple. It's, it's trivial. And the reason is inside that database, in fact, Dominion uses it inside the database. They use a whole bunch of scripts or, or macros, if you will, depends on what you macros, call them, inside, yeah. the inside the database. So to process votes, all right? So, hey, you know, as a bad guy, I, I've done this where I've gone in and inverted stuff where what I did was just added a line in there. Mm -hmm. And in, in many of these tools, I don't know, I haven't studied SQL, this particular tool, but in many of them, you can actually turn off logging do something, turn logging back on, and then go do the normal stuff. And you insert it, and no one has a clue that you no just mucked with it. Happened. Now, no one Jeff, knows it's happened. There's no trace of it. Jeff, no let, me, it. let me ask you this question. And again, you, you know, a lot of the things that we're saying here today, I'm uh, uh, the, this is obviously recorded. It's out there because I've been studying the adjudication process religiously for the last probably six months which obviously, you know, the adjudication process is owned by a guy named Eric Coomer. Um, but uh, he holds a patent for it that he's now assigned to a different bank. But uh, uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the Internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your, your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, they're for you, and, and here's the thing, it, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with 30-day money-back guarantees, like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer, if you are using things, True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, vMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that. So there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com slash daily, use promo code daily, and save your 70% off. This process that you're talking about, this, this ability inside the source code to be able to trigger things inside of the system and connect the things that aren't a part of the certification that shouldn't be on there, that aren't needed to actually to uh, run the system. L let me, and, and again, I, I want to be, be concise on this spe specifically. If you could, did not know that happened, there's things that are built into the system that would be system logs, correct? Okay. Now, if those Correct. system logs were deleted, 
altered, reduced to a place where they were not giving up enough memory to record adequate amount of time, wouldn't that also stop you from seeing any sort of executables in the system that would make those flips? Yes. So that's another big, huge red flag. Okay. And as you probably, I know you know, in Maricopa and other places, they had these tiny little, they said, oh yeah, the system log overran. Oh, it started overwriting itself, you know, and, and they had this system that, yeah, they had these system logs that were tiny. And it's like on today, in today's world, you have a system log that rolls over in a week. You know, I, this is absurd, yeah. absurd. You could make a file easily that would run for years and never over overrun. And so someone, it's a huge red flag. Someone set the system logs really small. They shouldn't have been that small. Okay, why would you do that? It's a red flag. It's, it's, it doesn't smell good. Well, You should even, not be doing that. Even in the Antrim report, I mean, not the Antrim report, but even in the report in Maricopa County, in yeah. volume yep. three, it stated that not only were the logs set to be um, overwritten in a very short period of time, but other logs were manually deleted and the people we caught on video deleting it actually worked for Dominion. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, that stuff, why didn't that come out in the testimony? Why isn't there someone investigating that, attorney generals or whatever? I mean, that kind of stuff. Feckless cowards, that's why. Feckless got, cowards. We've got to stop that. I mean, how, how are we going to have trust in the system if when we see obvious things like this going on, no one's following up on it? No wonder 60% of Americans don't trust the election system, right? Uh, that's the problem we have right now. Is is and that's why I'm asking, you know, for people to act in Michigan, is because 60% of Americans don't trust the election system. This is not a state that we can afford to be in as Americans. So it's not about you know left or right. It's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's about all of us. We have to be able to trust our election system, or we're in real 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 deep trouble and right now we don't test our election system we don't trust it and we're coming up on a, an election so that's so not a good situation so so let me um let me let me go through this if i can c3 mr producer i'm just going to read this stuff for the for the people that are on the uh, audio version the microsoft sql software was found in michigan new mexico and arizona is not a part of the certification process transparency needs to be where everything is recorded uh, the only places the ballots can be associated with voters at the polling place. Whew. Yeah, can I, can I talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because this is, this is a huge deal. They use it all across the country. You go to a voting machine warehouse and they go, oh, you can't take any pictures in here. You can't see anything. You can't record anything. And that is sheer nonsense, okay? When, when they're running ballots through high-speed scanners at, you know, any of these, you know, on election night, it ought to be video cameras watching everybody and broadcast to the nation. You shouldn't need an observer to be six feet away because you've got a video camera on everybody, okay, broadcasting everything in real time. It's nonsense to say that stuff needs to be kept secret. They're misusing secret ballot, okay? So secret ballot, the whole intention is when a person is voting, no one gets to see what they voted on. But as soon as that ballot is separated from the person, the whole point of a secret ballot is so now you can't tell who voted. Right. Okay. So the whole idea is anything where a person is not voting, that's the only place 
we need to limit video is when an actual person is voting on a ballot mm -hmm. everywhere else full transparency in maricopa what uh, what happened to us in maricopa was we intended when we first were talking about setting up that audit the possibility of it we were going to make it full transparency we were setting up to live stream video of every ballot and all of the intermediate counts each time a, a batch came off of a table those totals would go up it was going to be a hundred percent transparent a judge in arizona said nope you can't show anything okay why because of secret ballots so what happened was we had zero transparency. We saw a bunch of people walking around a room, which doesn't help us at all. And then at the end, we had no idea what the count was. And I could have told you up front it was going to come out correct. And because of the fact that they had months and months and months, if they wanted, a bad actor wanted to subvert the system. And there's some red flags that say some shenanigans. CIA, may have gone, FBI. May, I mean, just it's, it's state-sponsored. Okay. Well, I don't know about that. You won't but I say know it. I, I will say it. Yeah. I will say it because okay. I, I understand system architecture, and I also understand what you would have to do yeah. in order to, to, to do these things. Right. Well, let, let me explain how, how uh, bad actors can do it, okay, specifically in the Maricopa case. And, and this could be done anywhere, all right? So in Maricopa, right now everything is electronic, right? So they know who voted, uh, uh, where you voted. Of course, they have the vote count. Uh, if they're cheating systematically, they know what the cheat was, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. So they know what they need to make up, all right? So they... And we, they and we know, by the way, every every ballot box was open. They weren't secured. They were open with ballots everywhere inside the Maricopa. We know that happened, right? Co correct, correct, with the exception... Of the ones that they said. I know. No, there was a team. I know one of the table managers that was there for mm -hmm. the first half of that uh, count in Maricopa. Okay, one of the initial guys, he said there was one pallet perfectly sealed. It was the first one they counted. So there was one pallet that perfectly done, perfectly sealed. All the other ones had been opened. Everything else had been opened. No seals, no nothing. Yeah. Okay. Well, with the CVR, with the electronic records that you have, and knowing what you told them the answer was, all you have to do is go to a place that has a capability like Runbeck, who demonstrated... You can take them a ballot that's been somehow spoiled, and they'll put out a new ballot, and they label it duplicate, but they put out a new ballot with the votes on it that look like someone voted, okay? So, there, look, we did it in Michigan. We went and made our own ballots. We took PDFs, we filled them in, we went to a, a copier center, and we copied them for test ballots, And you ballots, put them through okay? the system and no problem? Oh, we put them through thousands and thousands of times, something like 40,000 times, okay? And no problem, no problem at all. So there is no check on these things at all. We just get the right paper and, and, and make the ballots, and you can run them through. So I, the red flag I see in Maricopa is that one pallet that was perfectly sealed. Could it be that they said, okay, we got to fix this. The numbers aren't going to come out right. So we'll just go ahead and, you know, make a pallet worth of ballots that have the right counts on them. And people say, oh, they, how could they do that with two million? Well, it's all electronic. Computers do it. Right. You sit down and figure it out. And the computer program, you know, puts out the PDFs and you print them, okay, at a printer. And you're done. Then you, you box them up and you seal them and you've got them there. And they had many, many months to do that if they wanted to do that. If a bad actor wanted to do that, they could do that, okay? So that's Maricopa. All there right. was a, a lot of other stuff in my briefing about Maricopa, so you might want to go 
see that video, the Otero video, because there was a lot well, more in there. And we're going to play it in its entirety. It's an hour and 20 minutes long. I think it's very important that everyone sees that. Um, we're not walking away from 2020. I don't care what anybody says. We're not walking right away from 2020. And I don't want to do, get into this idea that there had to be a thousand different bad actors because, Jeff, you and nope. I are completely aligned. It would take one, two, maybe three people. And this would explain, by the way, Eric Coomer being the person that was talking to the media, being the person that was selling it, being the person that was helping write code, being the person that was on security, being the person that was on development. They, they can't, you can't have that many. You could have a whole bunch of people that work for Dominion. You could have a whole bunch of people that work for ESNS. They could all be lefties. It doesn't mean that they would subvert an election. But you could have a few people that would subvert it that could tell people over here, people over here to build a system to do X, Y, and Z, knowing that the vulnerabilities would be created and the root kits or, or code um, diversions could be put into the source code itself, which Parikh said, that's what they wouldn't let him test. And, and Jeff, yeah. if you were to test it, you'd be able to find it. Yeah. And they've kept us yeah. away from the source code on purpose. Yeah, yeah, they have. Now, by the way, back to what you're saying there about one or two people doing it and, and People don't understand this. The, the designer software that's used to create the ballots in the election all over the country, okay, it's the same software from the companies. ESNS has their own, Dominion has their own, okay? But there's one. There's one program that does that. If I get in and subvert that program as a bad guy, either an outsider or an insider, either one, mm -hmm. if I get in and subvert that program, I own all of Dominion's machines. Okay, I demonstrated I can flip an election file. I can manipulate an election file. Uh, I don't even need to manipulate the tabulator. Okay, so I can own the election if, if I get a hold of their software. Now, the people that run it, I've, I've got the log files. Okay, I, I've spent hours and hours going through their log files. They're just pushing buttons that run scripts. Oh, run this script, run that script. You know, 99% of the employees of Dominion are just clicking buttons that run scripts and they're and they're they have, being they have no idea what's in the script they don't they don't know what it's doing and and dominion voting systems has an entire process a plant you know where their coders are in serbia yeah in serbia and and, and frankly those guys are terrible coders and, and they have a qa problem and typically the reason why you have a qa problem where all the things break the way that they're breaking right now is because you're hiding things you don't want people to get in there and QA it because they might see something that will then eventually get themselves killed, right? I mean, in other words, I saw that this had a root kit in here or this had a, uh, a code diversion here uh, or deviation here, and they report it, and all of a sudden they figure out what that deviation does or they get, get curious and go through it. All of a sudden they wake up being pushed off the cliff of a, uh, uh, getting on a train, right? So th these are real, real risks. People that would go through stealing in elections, th th these are serious things. And the things that you've been able yeah. to find are things that we know as coders. I'm not a coder. I'm a system architect expert. And anybody could sit me down. You could hand me a system and I could tell you how it works from, from soup to nuts. I could draw you out an entire map, show you where the friction is, where it isn't, mathematically tell you how to get from A to Z. I could do all of that. Now, I don't code. But... As you get through these different things and you start seeing Parikh talking about code, you talking about code, you talking about what the system output logs are showing, it's impossible to come to a different conclusion, isn't it, Jeff? I mean, I, I'm just trying to be yeah, Captain it, Obvious here. Yeah. It, uh, look, as an expert witness in Antrim, I come to the same conclusion. This system is Swiss cheese. I'm going to read you a statement that's in my briefing from Larry Corella. Um, 
he's an auditor type guy, mm -hmm. and he says, uh, here's another thing you learn about auditing. The more chaotic the system, the more chances for fraud. So when you come across a system that is extra chaotic on purpose, that tells you that the people running it want it that way for a reason. Boom. Repeat that for okay. me again, Jeff. I need you to repeat okay. that for the people yeah. in the back of the room. Guys, in the back yeah. of the room, we're going to be telling you. Here you go. It's coming to you. Go ahead. Larry, it's a quote. I'm quoting Larry Corella. It's on the web. You can find it. Here's another thing you learn about auditing. The more chaotic the system, the more chances for fraud. So when you come across a system that is extra chaotic on purpose, that tells you that the people running it want it that way for a reason. Now, let me give you a couple examples of this real quick. Okay, and it's in my briefing, but I want to hit this. The security logs. People don't know this. On the interface, the RTR interface, that, uh, which is the uh, result telling reporting interface Dominion has, they have a checkbox. When you go to read that memory card that came over from a tabulator <laughs> out in the field somewhere. I read this, but good. There's a checkbox, okay? <laughs> whether or not you want the security log all right so guess what in new mexico the places i've been they didn't download the security log okay now why would you develop software that would not automatically download the security log why would you put a button that allowed a inexperienced county election official and i'm not blaming them it should not be there it should okay? automatically do it, it automatically, automatically it's a security log. I mean, I, what, who do you want to sell the system to? You want to sell it to some people that don't want security on, on their on, on their elections? So they need to be able to turn it off because they don't want a secure election? I mean, there's no reason for it to be there. Same thing with images. There's an image button. Okay, you, you save the images. They're on the card. You have to check a box to get the images downloaded. And for years in New Mexico, in Otero, we found out they weren't downloading the images. They did in 2020. That was the first time, okay? They had not been downloading the images. So here we have the images, we have the security logs, we have all this stuff that should be automatic. There should be no choice. And yet it's there. Yeah. Um, in, in, the, in the bigger log file, where, where I see uh, in Michigan, going back there, going through the Antrim log, uh, what's interesting in the Dominion logs is I actually see in the log file the creation of the template for Michigan. Wait, okay. Wait, say that. So say I, that again. Say, say that again. So, it, it, it's not just the log file for Antrim; it's the log file going all the way back to 2019, when they began to create, you know, a template for the 2020 election. The log file that's on the machine goes back before that. So, in that log file, you see things like they set the passwords. And you'll see in my stuff that the technician password was one two three four five six. Okay, apparently that was set in the template statewide. All right, apparently I haven't gone and checked all the other counties, but it sure looks that way from the log file. Another thing about turning things off, there's a there's a certificate required for a network connection because they have these. Uh, you can network, you know, between the adjudication machines and the EMS and so on, and 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 move it over and so. You need a security certificate for the network. Well, guess what? It was defaulted. They turned it off in the template. So in, in there is a line where they said, oh, by the way, we're just going to not require the certificate. Why would that even be an option? 
<laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, people don't understand, I'm really mad right now because this is, this is actually definitive proof. They, 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 they say we can't get to this, the, the, we don't have a smoking gun. Well, we don't have it. We have all of the information, everything. We have ballot switching that happened. We have validation because we were able to get CVR files and compare those to the, the numbers. We, we have the, what happened in, in, in uh, Georgia. We have the fact that they could not balance logs in Detroit. We have the ASOG report. We have all the proof. We just don't have, we don't have the dial. We don't have the actual point at which it happened because they haven't given us access to the source code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, they haven't cooperated on any, you know, we've had to dig stuff out. I mean, they haven't cooperated anywhere. I mean, many of you know, and I need to say this about the Michigan request I put out. You may not know that the Attorney General of the state, uh, the Friday before, uh, I think it was August 5th, on August uh, 6th, 7th, uh, on Monday morning, I had two reporters wanting comment from me, one from the New York Times, one from Reuters, wanting comments on the fact that the Attorney General in Michigan put out a request for a special prosecutor to prosecute Matt DiPerno and his expert witnesses. I was specifically named along with the other ones in there. So, oh, Matt's running. Jeff, Jeff, they <laughs> called me. They 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 had they had journalists call me and say, well, they they gave you a copy of the file. I said, no, they didn't. Matt gave you a copy. No, he didn't. I was like, Matt's not the one that gave me a copy of it. Nobody gave me a copy of it anyway. It was put somewhere, and I went and downloaded it, like everybody yeah. else did. So don't yeah. don't do this deal where you're trying to catch Matt doing something wrong. Matt did nothing wrong, right? But they did. They tried to call you and they're trying to box you in and create something that that they can come after us. For something that's just not true. They're creating a false narrative, just like they did against P Tina Peters in Mesa County. Yeah, exactly. So here's the odd thing, right? So it just so happens mm -hmm. that the race I'm concerned about in Michigan is justice of the Supreme Court. And the case in Michigan, and your listeners may not know this because they've been told something different, the case in Michigan is still open. The Antrim case has not been closed. It has been appealed to the Supreme Court of Michigan. And the person that you're actually looking at is a Democrat that's on the Supreme Court. Exactly. They, these you people are evil, Jeff. You They're can't, evil. You, you can't. Well, let me, let me say a word about this because I'm not a political guy. I, I'm really not partisan, okay? I, I, I'm, I'm a follower of Christ, all right? Mm. That's what I am. And, and I'm trying to get to the truth this whole time. I'm just trying to understand what happened. All right. So that's what we need to uh, understand is is what actually happened. Um, it's it's crazy. I really think we're in a battle between good and evil. And I think there's unfortunately, I think people on both sides that are bad actors. OK, so this is not about Republican and Democrat. It's not about left and right. It's elite. What we, it's it's I, I, I can cabal. tell you. I can, I can tell you from personal experience, there's places I've been when I was trying to do something even decades ago, and the people that got in the way were the Republican National Committee. Okay, I was doing an investigation having to do with a candidate, a Republican candidate that won and then lost late night. And the people that came in and, and scuttled it and, and screwed it up, in my opinion, was the Republican National Committee. And it shocked me at the time, I had no idea why they would do that. But now 
we're seeing this up across the scale is that there are people that are bad actors across the spectrum, okay? Um, and, and we all need to get together. Uh, I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, we need to have an election system that works fairly. I'm okay with whoever gets elected as long as it was a fair election, okay? That's what I, I, I wanna see. I, God is about the truth. He's a God of truth. Uh, that's what we need to be about is, is finding out the truth. And that's why I've been compelled, I believe by him to work on this, is to just get to the truth. Well, let me ask you a question. Did Mesa ever turn over their database backups? Were you involved in Mesa at all? I, I was not? not involved in Mesa at all, mm. no. I think you I should never, get never involved touched, in it. Never touched Mesa, no. Um, so, so I wanna ask, you know, we have so much information to go over with you. We're probably going to have another show. I'm probably going to have you come on for another show after the summit because I have some questions I want to ask you about what is going to be uncovered at the summit. And obviously the, the Moment of Truth Summit is happening this um, this weekend, the 20th and 21st in Missouri. And everyone is welcome to watch that on Frank's Beach, watch that on Conservative Daily, as we said before. Um, Jeff, I want to ask you really quickly about this ASOG report. And I want to, the, the report that first came out on December, I think, 13th, if, I, if I'm, I'm, I'm mistaken, December, yeah, December 13th. Yeah. This yep. report, if you go to the purpose and preliminary conclusions, just halfway down in B, so B number two, I'm going to read this. I want to ask you if you believe this is true. Um, Do we you know conclude, about what page? Sorry. It's on page one, the very bottom of page one. Um, we conclude that the Dominion voting system is intentionally and purposely designed with inherent errors to create systematic fraud and influence election results. The system intentionally generates an enormously high number of ballot errors. The electronic ballots are then transferred for adjudication. The intentional errors lead to the bulk adjudication of ballots with no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. This leads to voter or election fraud. Based on our study, <coughs> we conclude the Dominion voting system should not be used in Michigan. We all further conclude the results of Antrim County should not have been certified. Do you believe that to be true? Um, let's see. Let me talk about that for a minute because I, I, they're the guys that got in for like eight hours and got the original forensic images, which is right. what we all worked off of. Okay. They never gave us anything else. So we worked off of those images. Um, what I will say is that overall what they're saying is correct. Okay. But I want to correct something. And that is, and, and this is what they made a big deal about in the press. Mm -hmm. In a place like Antrim, there was no adjudication process, okay? What they actually saw in the data, and I reported on it in one of my expert reports, you'll see it, is what's called a reversal. It's in the log files. It's mm -hmm. in the S-log files, okay? Yeah. So what you see is an extremely high rate of ballots going into tabulators being kicked back out. And then what the operator will do typically is just feed it again. And the second time or the third time it takes it. And away you go. We, see, we saw rates anywhere from 20% to as high as 86% reversals in Antrim. Now, they were immediately refed and put in, or if there was a problem with the ballot, they probably spoiled it and made a new one until they got it to feed, okay? Right. So pointing at adjudication at that point was not the right thing, however, we saw this kind of reversal rates. We saw big reversal rates. I personally saw this uh, demonstrated in Georgia as well. So here are these machines that are reversing at 15, 20% rates. Now think about it. Think about this for a second logically. If, if a ballot, you put it in and it reverses because there's something wrong with that ballot, an overvote, 
you know, it, it breaks some rule. Uh, something's wrong with that ballot. It's skewed. The markers don't line up. It should always do that. The next time you put it in, it should reverse it too. Right. And that's what I found in my testing. If I purposely messed up a ballot, which I did a bunch of, it would always reverse that ballot. Okay. Right. But, so how, what's this thing about you put a ballot in, it reverses it, and then you put it in you know, another time, and it takes it almost every time. What are they doing? Well, well, they, they actually say that in the report. So the, the, they, they did some corrections. They did talk about high adjudication, but they also talked about in Central Lake Township, there were 1,222 ballots reversed out of 1,491 total ballots cast, resulting in an 81.96 rejection rate. Yeah. All reversed ballots are sent to adjudication for a decision by election personnel. Uh, that's not quite true. Because what happens is as soon as they reverse it, and I've talked to personnel, they just feed it again. Okay, it reversed. There's no indication on the screen that says it had an overvote or an error that needed to correct. They feed it again and it takes it. I saw this demonstrated in Georgia. I said, is this what you do? Oh yeah, we all know this. If it reverses it, we just put it in. Now, why would you reverse it? I, I wondered for a long time, why such a high reversal rate? I mean, there's something wrong when if, if you're getting this super high reversal rate, right? Especially when we created some good ballots and for the good ballots we created, we ran. We could run a good ballot thousands of times without any reversals. Right. The machines process them just fine. So why are we getting these huge reversal rates? Well, if that reversal rate occurs in a place where you have adjudication process, by the way, this is something you can program into the machines. This is another one of those chaotic things. You can put it in the machine that either you want it to go into an adjudication bin or like the write-in bin they have a write-in bin right because yeah. someone's got to look at that you can actually program the dominion tabulators so that if it reverses it will throw it into that adjudication bin okay that's not what they were doing in antrim but you can do that and certainly in the big city where things are chaotic I mean, you just push tons of ballots if you want to into the adjudication process. Yeah. And you may remember with the high-speed scanners, Missy Martin with her uh, demo uh, that went viral in the fall of 2020 after the election, where she demonstrated with one of the high-speed scanners in the adjudication that basically everything that was scanned on that in that batch, she could go change any vote on any ballot whether it needed it or not. And she demonstrated that on a video. That is a horrendous red flag. That's a huge vulnerability that she, by herself, could go flip any vote she wanted, rearrange any ballot any way she wanted. Okay? So that, that's a real problem. And, so, and uh, so, so let me, you know, there's so much more stuff that we have here that I want to I go over, but there's a couple things that I want to highlight. I, I, Joe, if go I ahead. can jump in one second. I, yeah. I want to highlight something. So... I've since, because of Otero and what I learned down in Otero, I, apparently this was known before, but I didn't learn it until I watched it in Otero, where using the ADA equipment, you put in a blank ballot and it would put votes on the ballot and then reverse it. Okay? Then the ADA person, the one helping the ADA person could, um, could verify it and then they put it in the same slot to tabulate it. When I saw that, I went, oh, my God, they've got a printer that prints on the ballot, and it makes it look like a human did it. 
they have a whole bunch of different patterns, so it's not doesn't look like it's machine generated. Okay, now why is this horrible? Because there's a lot of people that don't vote down ballot races, right? They don't yeah. vote the down ballot races. But why would so, they just make it a computer generated deal? Why are they trying to make it look like it's a hand written deal? That's another problem. Like why well, why it, is the machine it, designed to do that? It's a huge red flag, right? But here's the deal. Keep talking about maybe, all these red flags. It's trying to drive me crazy. Maybe, I don't think there's any white yeah, flags. Maybe with all of these reversals across the nation, if I was a bad guy, what I'd want to do is condition everybody to know, oh, just feed it. It'll go in the second time. Just feed it. Yeah. The machines in Maricopa and in New Mexico across the state, well, in Maricopa and across the state of New Mexico, have the capability if it, to go in, print on your ballot, one you've already voted on, it'd be very simple in the software as a bad guy to say, oh, they didn't vote on this. And I know that preparing preparing yourself, your family, making sure that you're able to take care of yourself as the times evolve, uh, I'll remind everyone that you can go to DCF Guns. If you go to DCFGuns.com, you can find all of the locations. They have the Castle Rock location, as well as two down in Colorado Springs, east and west. If you go to dcfguns.co, it will take you to their online store, and you can find a ton of awesome stuff on there. Go get training. Go arm yourselves. Get ammo. Get the things you need. Uh, so that's dcfguns.co. Oh. We can disconnect. Uh, we lost Sean. We picked up, or we lost Jeff. We picked up Sean. Sorry, we're going to pick that up. Jeff is on, or Sean is on in five minutes. I'll send him something right now to let him know. We have a special that we're going to be doing. See if we can get, get Jeff to clock back in. All right, so sorry, everyone. We, we had a, a key that we gave to someone else uh, to get on to talk about what's happening in the summit, which will be playing tonight. That one will not be live because I will be headed to Missouri, um, but you will get a great show tonight of information related to um, selection code. Um, we will have Jeff back on. We will have Jeff back on for another show on Monday or Tuesday. Is Jeff back on? Is he here? Okay, we're bringing him back in here in a second. Or I think we're bringing him in. Um, it, we'll have him back on on Monday because there's a bunch of other stuff. And Mr. Producer, we can just go back through what we have in the, um, in the drive because there's so many more videos and things that we want to show you, information related to the reports that were done by Jeff. Um, I also want to point something else out. Um, Jeff, are you here? Yeah, I'm back. Apologies. We, we got disrupted because we, we have a recording after this, and they, they got on about five minutes early. Um, we're going to have you back on on Monday, if that's okay. Are you, are you available on Monday? Unfortunately not. Uh, both Monday and Tuesday, I'm booked all day already uh, with my day job. Okay. Uh, uh, well, it's my own business, but I, I'm, I got to get this done. I, I would push it if I could, Joe, but, um, well, we have but four, we have, we also have four o'clock uh, that we go, we I, go I, live. I could, I could do it Wednesday. I, I have Wednesday okay. free if possible. Is yeah, Wednesday we'll make it option? happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Okay. I can so do we'll, Wednesday. We'll walk through it. Uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to pray for you, by the way. 
But I'm going to let you get the, the final word, and then I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to, we have so many more things we want to go through. So I'm just letting the audience know that, listen, we, we have so much more to share with you. And we're going to share that with you on Wednesday. We'll have Jeff back on to walk through some of those reports as well. We may even go an hour and a half to two hours that day because uh, we'll have the time. But Jeff, final word from you. I, my, my sincere desire for the American people is that the people of Michigan, the election supervisors in the townships, and the people would support those supervisors to just quietly go count your paper ballots in the Supreme Court race and do it totally publicly, video record it, and let us know what the answer is. Uh, we need a, a bunch of townships to do that all across the state, especially the smaller ones, because my data suggests that they may have done this in every county, every township across. Okay. Sorry, guys, we're, we, we keep getting knocked in, so we'll just give us a minute. Um, Mr. Producer, I'm trying to have him hold for a minute. When somebody else actually, Jeff, are you there? Yeah, I'm back on. Okay, sorry. Go ahead and finish. Well, Apologies. I was just pleading that people take action before the ballots are destroyed. That's my pleading for the Michigan people. People have wanted to know what they could do. This is a time to act for the citizens of Michigan in these townships to go to their election supervisor and say, please, let's work together. Let's get all the parties involved. Let's, let's do this openly. Let's videotape it. Let's count this one race, okay? The paper ballots, don't use machines, don't touch the machines, open your ballot box, count this race for your township, compare it against the official results that were reported from your township, and let's see if it, it was correct or not. I, I, we, we need to know, the American people needs to know, was there something weird going on here or not? I agree. Jeff, I want to thank you for all the work that you've done and for the financial burden that you've carried yourself in doing this. I know no one has paid you to do this work. You have done this because you're on the path God put you on. And I just want to say thank you. And now I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask the, the, um, our listeners to um, also pray for you. Like pray for you after this, during this, um, and uh, so, so let's pray. I appreciate that greatly, by the way. <laughs> Father God, thank you for this man. Thank you for Jeff. Thank you for his commitment. Thank you for the path that you put him on. Thank you for his courage, Father. Thank you for the stamina that he has shown. Thank you for the conviction. And thank you for his ability to see things so clearly as that it's not a right versus left. It is an American versus those that would subvert our, our, our country, subvert our Constitution, subvert uh, the, the voice of the American people. Father, I ask you to put a special blessing over Jeff. I ask you to, to guide and protect him, to, to guard his heart, guard his mind. Um, Father, I would, just, I would ask you to guard his health. Give him the ability to continue the work and the fight that he's in. Give him the ability to speak truth with integrity. Father, I would just ask you to give him humility, give him wisdom, and give him the pathway to use those things that are gifts that he has to, to restore our nation, Father. Father, I would ask that you uh, put on his heart and mind to speak you into everything that he does, Father. Mm. Father, I would, I, would, I would ask you to give Jeff, give, give Jeff, Jeff discernment. But, but more importantly, Father, I would just ask you to give him peace. I would ask you to give him joy. 
allow him to continue to do the work that he does, but also to just have times and places in his life where he still gets to have that joy and have that peace. Father, I ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Jeff, thank you very much. We, you're set for Wednesday. We look forward to seeing you. God bless you, and, um, and thank you. God bless you also. Keep up the fight. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. So we're out of time, and uh, I just want to thank you guys all for being here. We'll do this again on Wednesday of next week. We have the summit coming up. We're going to do a special tonight on the summit. We're going to do some special things. Laura Logan's um, selection code. We'll be playing a couple pieces for that tonight. So please tune in, but make more importantly that you share and become an ambassador of truth. Share and become an ambassador of truth. Guys, it's going to take your voice. It's going to take your hand. It's going to take you walking door to door. It's going to take you talking to people. If you want to win this, we're the reason why we're here. We're also the reason why we'll get out of it. So God bless you all. I'll see you tonight on a recorded deal at four o'clock. God bless you. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.